Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Chop Shop Sports. I'm joined with Riley here in the booth, and I got Brian on the line here to talk about the week five NFL season, little outlook, what quarterbacks are on the hot seat, what coaches are on the hot seat, and just an overall update status on the NFL as a whole. And I want to start with one of my favorite quarterbacks, um, at least young guys is Dwayne Haskins getting sent to the bench in place. Uh, that way Kyle Allen can get the start. I'll let Riley start with his thoughts. I know you and Brian both are, are going to give me a little flack for my guy getting benched, but let's hear, let's hear your thoughts. Man, he hit especially the last two weeks. That has two. He did have a QB sneak for a touchdown. I'll give him that. But this guy is just—he's not getting it done. I mean, they're throwing the ball over thirty times a game, and actually, he had forty-five attempts against Baltimore. No touchdowns. To me, it's just crazy. What are your thoughts, Brian? Yeah, I mean, we were saying it uh, a couple weeks back uh, when we saw Arizona Washington going up. You can really see the difference between the quarterbacks that have progressed, such as Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins, who. I mean, right now he looks like the worst quarterback in that draft class. You got Gardner Minshew, you got Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, Kyler Murray. It's just, it's not looking good for him. And I think at this point, I'd like to say the Redskins are competing for uh, for one of the top quarterbacks in this draft class, but they might they might screw around and win five games in that terrible NFC East. So we'll see what happens. So I don't necessarily have an issue with Haskins going to the bench if they were going to start Alex Smith. My issue is that they're giving Kyle Allen a chance. Kyle Allen won his first couple games last year, but didn't have an, a good record in Carolina. He's come into a bad Washington football team. Literally, that's the fun. It's their name too now, the Washington. They're a bad Washington football team. And expecting him to be better than Haskins, I just don't see that being the – the right move. Now Haskins is obviously the third string quarterback. He lost the spot to uh, the backup will be Alex Smith. I think that that move is what puzzles me about this. Haskins obviously isn't in the quality starter range yet in the NFL, but is it fair to hold it against him when his team is really bad? The example I have, and I just have an issue in general with teams moving on from quarterbacks after a couple bad performances or a couple losses. Let's talk about Deshaun Watson for a second. There is no question that he is one of the elite quarterbacks in the league, right? One, of, He's top 10 quarterback in the league. He is putting up pitiful numbers. If he was a rookie, people would be talking about moving on from him. He, Numbers-wise, performance-wise, he hasn't been elite, but he's a proven veteran who's having a bad season because he has a bad team. So why does he get the benefit of the doubt? Having the, and I'm not arguing that Deshaun Watson should be benched, but these rookies don't get afforded that even when their team is god-awful. Well, I look at it as almost like Deshaun Watson has proven that he can get it done, obviously, playing at a Pro Bowl level yep. the last few years. He, he is elite. Uh, but you also look at Dwayne Haskins, who they gave him a chance last year. I think he started seven mm-hmm. games, and he was terrible. 
And they said, all right, we're going to give you another run at it. And he's been terrible to start this season. So I think his, his body of work, there's been no upside as opposed to Deshaun Watson. Like, you know what, what, what can happen with him as opposed to Dwayne Haskins where the only thing he showed you is a piss-poor performance. So last year, Haskins did play his seven games and was two and five, seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. Obviously not good, but that team was even worse last year than they are this year. Brian, what are your thoughts on on that that train of thought? It's it's tough because I mean we're seeing, I think we're seeing a similar issue with Josh Rosen, and I don't know if Haskins is going to kind of fall down that same path. Both the Texans, I mean, because you're comparing Deshaun Watson here, both the Texans and Redskins had mid first round picks when they drafted the quarterbacks. And I guess the difference is Houston had a better team. Uh, Houston had uh, DeAndre Hopkins once upon a time. Uh, they had Will Fuller. Um, Desha- uh, or, um, Dwayne Haskins hasn't really had any go-to players. Um, the one player, uh, Darius Geist, the big running back out of LSU, he had some off-field problems. He got cut. So, I mean, Haskins has – it's not all on Haskins. And I'm his biggest critique. I'll admit it's not all on him. But what's really concerning, and I think you're kind of seeing it with Daniel Jones right now a little bit, there's been no progress going into year two, like not even flashes. And that's really, I think, what's concerning Ron Rivera. And also remember, Ron Rivera did not draft Dwayne Haskins. Um, so I think I think that mm-hmm. plays a lot into it as well. Right. I, I would agree, Brian, that you haven't seen any flashes from Dwayne Haskins. I mean, he improved this year, I guess, technically from the Jameis Winston one-to-one touchdown interception ratio to now four versus three through these first four games. But I think something you are seeing with Daniel Jones is even though the body of work hasn't been there, I know I watched the game with Paul live for week one. And Daniel Jones like has had yeah. flashes where he has looked like he's very and, and another thing, too, is I get that Haskins was on the hot seat, but I don't think pulling him after the game he had last week is the right move. He had over 300 yards against a very good Baltimore defense. He had no turnovers. Obviously, they didn't win, and they, you know, I would say they were maybe semi-competitive at, at best. But is it fair to make that judgment based off of playing a top-five team? Yes. And I only say yes because I'm going back to Ron Rivera did not draft him. And if Ron Rivera, who obviously he's a highly touted coach, he got to a Super Bowl with the Panthers in 2015. If he's looking at this roster and he thinks Dwayne Haskins is not the guy going forward, don't waste any time, bench him, and let's just move on. Uh, I, I think we I, I saw it firsthand with the Dolphins and Ryan Tannehill. He was not the guy. It was obvious early on. They held on to him for seven years. And what happened? Eight and eight every year. Nothing good came of it. I think – I think Has a great – And when you put a great supporting cast around him, you see what he did in Tennessee. But that was more Derrick Henry. Regardless, I think Ron Rivera is the future of the Washington football team. And if he thinks Dwayne Haskins is not part of that future with him, I don't see any reason to hold on. It's time to cut bait and move on. Yeah, I would agree with you there, Brian. And you look at it, Kyle Allen having that time in Carolina. I think Ron Rivera says, all right, in the meantime, if we're going to be mediocre, like I I know Kyle Allen can be serviceable for us. I don't know if Dwayne Haskins can. In his mind, I think that's got to be what's going on. The question now is how long until Alex Smith gets his chance to return? If Kyle Allen doesn't 
perform well, how long do you keep him out there before you let Alex Smith, who is at one point thought to be the Washington Redskins franchise quarterback, how long do you give him another chance at, you know, we saw it with Teddy Bridgewater, got a chance, a stint in New Orleans, goes 5-0, and and is now the Carolinas quarterback doing very well. At what point do you give Alex Smith his second chance? Uh, I think yeah, you probably got to give Kyle Allen three or four weeks. Um, and to be honest, if, if I'm Ron Rivera and I'm looking at Alex Smith, who, yes, doctors clear him, you're still looking at a guy who went through one of the worst injuries we've ever seen in football mm-hmm. uh, that bounced back. But it's almost like sending like you're sending like a wounded person into a fight. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I think in his head. Like, you got to think, man, like. I throw this guy out there and he gets hurt. Is that on me for him not being able to like run around with his kids later on? That's a fair point. <clears throat> While we're on the topic, we talked a lot about Ron Rivera there. Let's briefly talk about coaches that could be on the hot seat. Obviously, Adam Gase has to be there. Oh, and for his team is pitiful. I don't know how much longer he gets to say the coach, but two interesting ones would be Quinn for Atlanta, McCarthy. In Dallas, are either of those guys on the hot seat? A third one to bring up is uh, Matt Patricia. Lions haven't been great. Their defense, the reason they brought Patricia in was to have a good defense. That hasn't been the case. Which of these three coaches do you guys see going next? I'll start with you, Brian. I mean, Adam Gase should be the next one to go, but the Jets being the terribly run franchise that they are, don't seem like they're going to fire him. I think it's probably going to be Dan Quinn. He His defense has been pretty porous. Under him, we've watched the Falcons be maybe the worst second-half team in the history of pro, pro sports. They just they haven't recovered after that, uh, I believe it was 2017 Super Bowl, when they blew that 28-3 lead. They just have not recovered. They've never looked the same. Matt Ryan puts up a ton of empty stats that don't translate to wins. Julio Jones can't stay healthy. Calvin Ridley looks good. But at the same time, again, just the stats aren't translating to wins, and I think some of it's got to go to coaching at some point. The defense, which is what Dan Quinn's specialty is, hasn't lived up to its uh, hype coming over from Seattle and the Legion of Boom. I think it's going to be Dan Quinn, but, I mean, who knows? I, I thought it would be Adam Gase after week three. I would agree that Dan Quinn is probably the next one to go in this bunch. I mean, you look at Matt Ryan's stats, haven't – translated to wins but they have translated to points for the Falcons they, they do put up a lot of points and you do look at how bad their defense has been uh, in recent memory and I think um Dan Quinn I think they've given him enough time I mean you look like Mike McCarthy's four games in, and he's not going anywhere Matt Patricia like the Lions have been very competitive this year like and last year too yeah and last year in their games they're competitive I mean that hasn't translated to wins early in early in the season this year but I think Dan Quinn is definitely a next on the chopping block yeah adam gase is obviously the clear favorite he's not it's not fun to, to debate why he should be gone i think everybody agrees he needs to go dan quinn is a coach and same thing with matt patricia both of these guys are coaches in good divisions you know the bucks in the in the panthers have been competitive it's almost been a three-team race in the nfc south for the past 10 years where three teams are really good and one drifts off same thing with the NFC North. I mean, last year the Bears were were a competitive team, albeit with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. You had the Packers, who obviously had a fantastic year, and the Vikings who made the playoffs. Like those are good teams that they're losing to. 
think that has to be taken into account. It's from Mike McCarthy. I don't think that he should be feeling any warmth under his seat, mainly because in our rankings, he's lost to three top 11 teams. Those are his losses. And his win is against the Falcons. It's probably the best owned four team in the history of football. So I don't see any reason to panic. They're in the worst division in football. They have at least four and a half to five and a half wins in coming from divisional opponents. So saying that they play in a weak, uh, weak division, albeit true, is not a fair point because they haven't played in any of those teams, unlike the Eagles who lost the Redskins. So I don't think McCarthy needs to work. Yeah, and, and I mean, you mentioned the Eagles, and I'm not predicting it, but I think that's an interesting situation to monitor, especially if things continue down this path. If the Eagles win four or five games this year and Carson Wentz continues to look like what he's looked like for the first five, four weeks. I'm interested to see how the Eagles management, you know, handles Doug Peterson. Andy Reid didn't have any years like this really throughout his tenure in Philadelphia. So I'm interested to see if this, uh, how, how it impacts because Ron Rivera is safe. I think Mike McCarthy's safe for at least another year. Joe judge, no one knows what they're getting, but, but I think Doug Peterson, that situation could be interesting. Yeah. I, I think you hit the, nail on the head there is with the Eagles who do you blame do you blame Carson Wentz or the coach I think it has to be the coach I don't think you can blame I don't think you want to blame your franchise guy because it's been clear that Carson Wentz is going to be their franchise guy for the next five to ten years I don't think he goes I think you'd see a coaching switch before Carson Wentz gets the boot while we're talking about quarterbacks um, in the NFC East Let's keep it with Dak Prescott. We, you guys mentioned Matt Ryan putting up empty stats. Dak Prescott is the leading. He has almost 1,700 yards with nine touchdowns. But the team's one and three. How much of those stats are inflated? Are those good numbers? You know, the teams are playing. They, they've been behind big in games, so defenses are playing off. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I mean – you look at it, and when, when you're watching the game, you're maybe not getting as caught up in it uh, as you do just, like, looking at, man, like, these are some incredible numbers. Like, how's he doing this? And you're realizing they're putting up a ton of points, but they're giving up they're giving up 49, 38, 39 points. Uh, granted, you know, they, only, they did only give up 20 to the Rams, which I, I found kind of surprising there uh, back in week one. But – I mean, I don't know if his stats are, are inflated. Uh, I mean, obviously having a terrible defense helps with his stats and the fact that the last two games he's thrown the ball 58 and 57 times. Yep. So, I mean, I guess, I guess it just depends what you consider inflated. Um, I think, you know, I mean, like, hey, good offense and bad defense. Like, you can't blame, can't blame him for putting up the numbers. Brian, what are your thoughts? Yeah, his quarterback rating hasn't dipped under – I mean, his worst game of the year was week one, 92.5 against the Rams. Besides that, he's had two games over 109 uh, passer rating. These stats I don't think are empty. I think the problem is the Cowboys just can't play defense at all. And you're seeing what happens when you don't pay a Byron Jones and, and you let these players walk. I think uh, – I mean, they got playmakers offensively. It's just, I think, I think it really is as simple as their defense is that bad. It's the worst one in the NFL, and that's really what's contributing to this this one and three start, which should have been zero and four. I, I was talking to my dad uh, the other day, and just he's a big Cowboys fan. We we're just talking about 
the, you know, their team, their situation. He, he is not a fan of signing Prescott long-term. He brought up the point of the Cowboys' defense has got the job done late in games, which gives Dak Prescott the opportunity to make these comebacks. So as bad as they are, they come up big late in games and get stops. Obviously, the OBJ game, or the OBJ run was was a heartbreaking play for the Cowboys, having them 15 yards in the backfield turns into a 50-yard touchdown run. But it, it got me thinking, and he also was one that talked about the inflated numbers. He's, he, he was like, it, he doesn't do anything in the first half, and he uses soft coverage in the second half to inflate these numbers. And if you watch the games, he really isn't impressive in the first half, and yeah, he puts up big numbers in the second half, but they're not correlating to wins. So where does that fall in the do we pay him? I think you could put Andy Dalton in the game and you'd get the same results. You might not get the number of yards, but he could go out there same against the same opponents in D1 and 3. And he's a lot cheaper than Dak Prescott. I I would agree, but you're going to be blown out by Seattle with Andy Dalton in the game. I think your your floor with Andy Dalton is no lower than Dak's floor, but Dak's ceiling is so much higher. Than I agree Andy's. with that 100%. And so I think that's what makes a difference. Like, I mean, like, yeah, he's playing soft coverage, but he's put up 39, 38, and 31 points. Like, all on his shoulders, really. I mean, so how much How much can you blame him? He's, he's Matt Ryan. They're putting up similar – he's Matt Ryan. The only difference is one was the first overall pick, so you deal with it. And the other was, what was he, a third, third, fourth round pick? So, so when the results aren't there, you go, well, he was only a third or fourth round pick. You know, maybe we can move on from him. Maybe we don't. But if you're putting up these stats and you're the number one overall pick, like Matt Ryan, not a lot of people question it. I think that's really the difference because he's Matt Ryan. That's what he is. But I mean, you look at it and like we're already, we're a few years into his career now. And his his talk amongst the sports world, I think you look at shows like how much Skip Bayless talks about him, as much trash as he spews. Um, like Dak's Pres- Dak Prescott's name gets brought up a lot. And so I think his he's been elevated to where people talk about him just as much as they talk about Carson Wentz. You know, he has the number one overall pick. So I think it's almost a narrative as opposed to where they're actually picked. And so I think, I think he is being treated as that number one pick at this point in his career. Especially replacing a Tony Romo who is statistically better than people will ever give him credit for. He was a really, really good starting quarterback in the National Football League. So I think that also played a factor into the hype that came with Dak Prescott. Any closing thoughts before we move into the picks for the week? Let's just jump right into it. We'll start with in NF, uh, yeah, an NFC South matchup, the Falcons versus the Panthers. Panthers are a surprising team. You know, I looked back at the a podcast we released in the middle of the summer where I was high on thinking the Panthers could be a surprise sleeper at 30 to 1 odds to win the division. They're a game back of the Bucks, 2 and 2 versus the 0 and 4 Falcons. We'll start with you, Riley. How does this one play out? I mean, I. I, I do like Matt Ryan. I'd like I'd like to see him get in the win column here this week. But Teddy B and the boys are on a roll. They've played great football, beating the Cardinals, who I think now we do have to question Brian's pick a little bit the way they've played the last couple weeks. And um, but I do think I do think Carolina is going to be able to pull it out here by by three points to a touchdown. Brian, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, Riley's right. Teddy's been playing great. The Panthers have really surprised so far here, the first quarter of the season. But uh, I think I think it's time Atlanta gets uh, gets a good quality win here. I think they win by a field goal. I'm gonna I'm gonna be on Riley's side here. I think the Panthers win by three. I think this is gonna be one of the, I think this is gonna be a good matchup. Um, I'm taking the Panthers to win. Move on to the Bills four and zero versus the undefeated Titans. Obviously, the Titans got a improv to bye week. How's this one go, Brian? It's it's got to be Buffalo if this game's even played. It's got to be Buffalo. I think uh, I know th- I know people would think a bye week. Oh, that's nice, but they they haven't practiced, or at least they weren't supposed to. That's what they might be in trouble for. But uh, yeah, they they haven't really been together as a team. I think Buffalo is just playing. They're hitting on all cylinders right now. I think Buffalo wins by two touchdowns. I agree with Brian completely. Tennessee barely squeaked away from Minnesota in their in their week three matchup. I'm going Buffalo by two scores as well. Yeah, Tennessee has not impressed me, albeit they are three and zero. They beat a weak Denver Broncos team in week one. I think that the Bills have no problems handling this team. We'll keep it uh, in the AFC. Stay with you, Brian. Raiders and Chiefs. Raiders two straight losses after starting the year two and zero against the Chiefs, who seem to go impressive, unimpressive, very impressive, unimpressive. What does Week Five have in store for the Chiefs? I think this will be a, a better game than people expect. Oh, I think Oakland. Oh, I was about to say Oakland. I think the Las Vegas Raiders. Gruden. Gruden's a good coach. I think Derek Carr's been playing real solid to start the year. Kansas City really struggled, I think, against New England on Monday night. Maybe it was because of the weird week they had. Whatever it was, I mean, their offense didn't really get it going. I know New England's defense is top tier. But I think they'll take care of business. I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think they win by a touchdown. I'm with Brian on this one as well, actually. Las Vegas, you know, keeping it close in their losses, or uh, at least last week's loss, um, only losing by seven. Uh, it's getting harder and harder to bet against Patrick Mahomes. He, like Even when they play terrible, he finds a way to pull it out in the fourth. I'm taking Kansas City by a touchdown. I would agree. I think Derek Carr does enough to keep it competitive. Again, it goes how healthy are the Raiders. Jacobs is banged up. Waller's banged up. Derek Carr is second in the league with completion, uh, completion percentage. So I don't think the Kansas City defense is going to turn him over, and I think that will be a key to keeping this game close is getting points on drives. So I think they do enough to keep it competitive, but not much more than that. All three locking in the Chiefs. We'll go to well, – we'll, we'll keep it with you, Brian, your Cardinals playing the Jets. Does this one even need to be a discussion or do the Cardinals get back on track? You know, I, I'm really torn on this one because, uh, I, of course, I picked the Cardinals. I love the Cardinals. I love Kingsbury. I love Murray. But I think I'm rooting for the Jets because I'm terrified that they're going to get Trevor Lawrence with the number one pick. So um, I, I'm going to call it my upset. I know again it goes against my uh, early season prediction. I'm going to go Jets win by a field goal. Oh my god, that is yeah. Oh, and, and Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is starting this game. Yeah, that that that's going to be an interesting. How does Joe Flacco come in? He was super unimpressive in Denver. He's been unimpressed in the last couple of years. I don't think with the weapons around him, that changes this week. Um, I agree with Paul. Arizona uh, definitely coming away with the win. Uh, just two comments, though. 
I don't want to hear from Brian next week that he was right about Arizona because they're three and two and their interconference matchup is the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The second point. You don't have it. No, I had it and I forgot it. Uh, that's fuck, all right. Fuck me. Um, fuck me. It was it was a good one too. It was a good one. So yeah, I'm I'm taking the Cardinals big here. I don't think this one's even competitive. Um, Eagles and the Steelers. Interesting matchup. Steelers seven point favorite. I'm gonna take the Steelers on this one in a close game. I think they win between three and seven. I think that they do enough with this defense to shut down the Eagles. Riley. Uh, I agree. Pittsburgh, I think, is going to take care of business. Carson Wentz being less than impressive here through the first four weeks. Um, my, my only question is, is does, does his butt start to, start to warm up a little bit here if they if they fall the fall the one and four? One, three, and one. One, three, and one. I'm sorry. sorry. My, yeah. Yes, you're correct. Might as well be one and four. But... Brian, who you got this in this matchup? Steelers by 10. Carson Wentz is trash. Rams, Reds, uh, sorry, Rams, Washington football team. Start with you, Riley. Uh, you know, I'm really low on Washington. Uh, the Rams, although they didn't look very good against the Giants, bounced back from that loss against the Bills. So I'm going to take the Los Angeles Rams by 10 points. Brian? I think the Reds, oh, yeah, gosh, same, same mistake as you, Paul. I think the Washington football team, I think you see their offense perform a little bit better with uh, Kyle Allen, gives them a little bit of a jolt, but the Rams will win by three touchdowns. Yeah, I am very low on Kyle Allen, so I think that this one, if you're looking for a blowout, I think we could see it here. I think the air raid that and the threat that Haskins has, I don't think Kyle Allen will have the same connection with McLaren, so I think this one is lopsided. We're going to move on. Bengals, Ravens. I think we're all a fan of Joe Burrow, and we want to see him be successful. I don't think he matches up well against this Ravens team. Riley's giving me a look, so I'll give him the floor. Well, it is interesting to see what happens with Baltimore at the quarterback position this week. You know, uh, Lamar Jackson not not practicing because of a knee injury. Do we see Do we see Trace McSorley out of Penn State come out and play on Sunday, Paul? I Ooh. Disagree. I, I think this is a cautious move by the Ravens. What we might get to see is Lamar be a little bit more of a pocket passer, which could scare a team. If he can come out and be a good pocket passer, I think that would be a huge improvement. It's almost like a three-point shooter proving that he can also drive to the basket where you almost have to guard that a little bit better. I think that could be something Lamar proves if his knee is hindering him in any way. Brian? I think this is going to be a great game. Cincinnati's been playing, really been playing great all season, even though they've only got, uh, they've got the one win. And I think it was one time. What are they? One, two, and one. Yep. One right now. All close. That's, I mean, that's, uh, they've played great really for the first four games. I think Baltimore is going to win by a field goal, but I think Joe Burrow is really going to pop off this game. We'll move forward here and discuss a toilet bowl matchup, the Jaguars who are off the track right now, Texans with no head coach. How does this one fare? Are we this is almost a discussion about which team is worse and who can pull this out. I'm taking the Jaguars, I think Gardner Minshew in a more stable offense 
you know, we don't know how the play calling is going to be affected with Houston. I don't think Deshaun Watson has the weapons. They have a good defense. This won't be interesting. Riley, what are your thoughts? Um, well, I think Deshaun Watson goes out there with something to prove this week. And uh, I do think Houston's going to maybe, like, have a little spark with Bill O'Brien being gone. I know there's always been talk about how he is in the locker room as a coach. Uh, you know, maybe morale's a little bit higher with him out. Um, so I think I'm going to take Houston to get their first win in this one. Brian? Come on, Jaguars. Help me get that first uh, number one pick from Houston. I'm going Jags by a field goal. We'll keep it with you, Brian. We know you want the Texans to be bad so the Dolphins can be good. Dolphins 49ers. Looks like Jimmy G is going to play. Ryan Fitzpatrick will be the starter. How does this one play out in Santa Clara? I was wrong last week. I'm going to roll with it again. I'm going to go Dolphins with the upset against the banged-up 49ers team. I got to win it by a field goal. I think this is a more boring game than the Jacksonville-Houston game, actually. just <laughs> Yeah, it is. <laughs> you go out and you watch um, the 49ers right now, it's like watching a high school team that only runs the ball, essentially. Um, I know that I, it's really tough for me on this one. Uh, I, th- I think I'm going to take the 49ers to hold up against the Dolphins just because I know Brian. I'd like to pick up a game on him in the standings. <laughs> That's really my only reasoning. Uh, I total toss-up. I'm going to agree the, with the most. The most exciting part about this game is I think there is a good chance. I know Fitzpatrick was named the starter, but if he struggles in the first quarter, I would not be surprised to see Tua make his uh, debut in this game. It would be fun to watch. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Fitzpatrick's going to have a good enough game. Jimmy G coming back into the lineup doesn't make this game more exciting. He is, you know, they, they run the ball a lot even with him in. I think the Dolphins have enough of an air raid to get past this banged up 49ers team. Look for the Dolphins to go in and upset the 49ers. We'll come back to the AFC and we'll look at the Colts 3-1 and versus the Browns 3-1. and Let's talk, before we make our picks, which team needs to win more in this one? I, I think just based on the divisional matchups that there are right now, I think the Cleveland Browns need to win to stay ahead in that division, or near, near the top, sorry, the Steelers are undefeated. Um, and this is going to be really interesting because the, the Colts have looked like an elite defense here earlier in the season. Number one ranked defense. Right, and you got Cleveland, who in their last three games has put up 35, 34, and 49. Granted, it'd be against not great defenses, but I mean, I think I think the running game from Cleveland's enough to edge out the Colts by three this week. So you're taking the Browns. I am going to take even the with Chubb not playing. Yes, even with Chubb not playing. It's a good thing they got oh, so you know, lead yeah, running yeah, back. Yeah, you're back in your second running back, Kareem Hunt. You're doing all right. Brian, what about you? I couldn't agree more. I think the Browns definitely need it more in that division with uh, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and, and even Cincinnati, who's who's going to win a few games here down the stretch. Uh, I think I think Baker's going to outplay Phillip Rivers, and I think that'll be the difference maker. Phillip Rivers has been completely unimpressive. I don't think he, he is looking worse than did last year, which is saying something. I think the Browns come in and play very well. I think this is going to be a lower-scoring game, and the Browns are going to pull off a win um, at home. I I have another question. Who's the better quarterback, Baker Mayfield or Jarvis Landry? Once, that is a good question. 
seems um, to have a really good connection with OBJ that's not Baker Mayfield. You're looking at that QBR. You got one pass for one touchdown this year out of Jarvis. So. We'll move on to what could become an interesting matchup just due to COVID. The Patriots and the Broncos, nothing about me wants to take the Broncos to win this game, how beat up they are. But the Patriots could be losing Gilmore, which would be a blow to that defense. They don't really have a solid quarterback. I don't. I, I'm not confident in the Patriots, but I think they have enough to get by a bad Broncos team, probably the worst team outside of New Jersey. Riley, what are your thoughts? Uh, I totally agree. Um, you're looking, you know, you got the Broncos. Who, you're talking about Stephon Gilmore uh, being gone, uh, but you're looking at Brett Ripien, I believe I say his last name, uh, is the starter for the Broncos. Like, I mean, what? They don't have an offense really to speak of right now, especially through the air. So uh, I think the Patriots are definitely going to have enough to get by the Broncos. Brian? I mean, this is a brutal quarterback matchup if we still have uh, either Brian Hoyer or Jared Stidham. Could you imagine if the Patriots went into the season without Cam Newton like they originally planned? I mean, they – wow. I mean, it's going to be New England. New England's defense will win this game, but I think it's going to be – a Really ugly game to watch. Last mid-afternoon game, Giants and Cowboys. We've talked about the week NFC East. The Cowboys desperately, desperately need a win against this terrible Giants team. Simple yes or no, do they get it done? Riley, we'll start with you. Most definitely yes. Brian? Yes. It'll be one to watch if Dak Prescott can put up meaningful statistics in the first half get out to a big lead and cruise to the finish. I think that this is a week, even if they have an early lead, they put the gas pedal on and try to blow this team out of the water. We'll move to the late game. I always love hearing Riley's homer picks playing a banged up Seattle defense. Who's already not great. Riley, tell me how your Vikings can go into century link and get a W. Uh, well, they're going to have to run the ball, as they have been the last two weeks. They've done a great job on the ground. I think keeping Russell Wilson off the field is probably going to be their best strategy to get a win here uh, up in the Northwest. Can they get it done? I'm not sure, but I definitely take them to cover the spread, whatever that is. So you're take, who are you taking to win the ball game? Taking to win the ball. Wow. Pick against your team for once this season. uh, You know, I'm I'm so high on Russell. Don't do it. Uh, Man, you know, I I think Russell Wilson's going to get it done. Our our secondary's been looking terrible this year. But uh, if I'm a bet man, though, Minnesota to cover the spread. Spread is seven for the record. Oh, yeah. Three three points, yeah, to win. Brian, what about you? I'm going to agree. I think this is going to be a really good game, though. I think Minnesota is better than their record has shown. I think Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook are going to are going to I know Seattle's run defense is amazing, but Cook will find a way and Justin Jefferson will feast on that secondary. I think Seattle pulls it out by a field goal just because Russell Wilson is that good. You talked Riley talked about getting Russell Wilson off the field. I don't think the Vikings can do that. I we saw what Aaron Rodgers did to this terrible terrible Vikings secondary and Russell Wilson has better weapons. So I think he will slice and dice this secondary. But what they can do is keep him off the field by running the ball, milking clock. That's the Vikings' only way 
of potentially winning this game. I think for them to win, it has to be a low-scoring game. And the Seahawks weren't overly impressive last week. The first time all year, they weren't overly impressive. But I'm still taking the Seahawks to win by seven or more. Riley's giving me a look. What do See, you got? I, you, you said Russell Wilson has better weapons. I don't know if I'd necessarily agree. Than Aaron Rodgers? Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I thought you were speaking uh, comparatively no, 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 to no. the Vikings. No, no, no. His, his weapons in comparison to Aaron Rodgers, who sliced up that defense. Albeit he, they had Devontae Adams that Devontae. game. Even still, you got Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. I think it's going to be – they don't have the run game. Right. You know, Aaron they, Jones having a great year. They don't have the run game that the Packers have, but – the way Aaron Rodgers moved the ball, Russell Wilson is every bit as talented. He has no issues against the secondary, and they're going to put up points. No, he's not. Oh, what do you got? What, what? Aaron, Aaron, no, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is – until we saw Patrick Mahomes, I thought Aaron Rodgers was the most talented quarterback to ever play. You know what? I'm going to revise my pick. Vikings by three. There we go. Vikings by <laughs> yep. three. Yeah, me too. Vikings by three. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Right, you guys go. are both going to flip, and you guys will both be wrong, and I'll make fun of you guys both next week. Yeah, no way Russell Wilson loses. He's going to move down the field at ease. I think the Disrespect for Aaron Rodgers. I'm not wow. saying he is better than Aaron Rodgers. I'm saying he is every bit as good. The way he's been nope. all, he's been putting it on a dime. No way that this Seattle team drops a game against the Vikings. Since we're talking about our teams, oh. we'll move to mine on Monday night. Drew Brees playing his former team for what is likely the last time against the Justin Herbert, who went toe-to-toe for 12 rounds with the GOAT. How does this one fare? I'll start with you, Brian. Man, the Saints don't even deserve to be on primetime football anymore. Um, I'm going to go – I'm going to go <laughs> – now, in all honesty, I'm going to go Saints by three. I think it's a close game, but I trust Breeze over Herbert to this point. I don't know this season. If you give me, if you give me, a, if I'm renting one of these quarterbacks for the year, I'm taking Justin Herbert. Not, not. I agree. For for one game though, I'm going Breeze. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I mean, just because I don't know if it's my my disdain for Paul or finding <laughs> to Justin Herbert, but I'm taking Los Angeles in this in this Monday night matchup. I think the Saints have enough weapons to get it done. Obviously, their injury list is is a laundry list right now. They're doing enough to stay afloat for when these guys come back. I think when it push comes to shove, Drew Brees is still going to be clutch if needed. He doesn't have the deep ball threat that he's used to, but the playmaking of Alvin Kamara will be too much. Even if Michael Thomas is sidelined another week, they were down 14-0 against the Lions last week, and that didn't end well for them. I don't think that Herbert has enough. I think Herbert's going to have a fantastic game against the depleted secondary for the Saints. I don't think it's going to be enough to get past to get past them this week. So I'm going to take the Saints by ten points. They need a they need a statement win, and not saying beating the Chargers is a statement win without Austin Eckler. Without Austin Eckler. So they're going to rely on Herbert. So I think Herbert's going to have another great game. And I think it'll be fun to watch Drew Brees go against um, Justin Herbert this week, who I think is who I think is one of the better quarterbacks of the class. I think he – I would have taken him before Tua. Um, nope. we'll, we'll see if, if Tua can find, 
can find the field at some point we can compare. So that's it for games this week. Do any of you guys have some closing thoughts? What do you got from me, I, I do. You know, that, that thought that escaped me on the New York game. Uh, I heard Mike Greenberg actually this last week because you brought up Trevor Lawrence, Brian, uh, with the Jets. Uh, if you're Trevor Lawrence, do you stay in school if the Jets get the number one pick? Absolutely. I think he either has to stay in school or pull a John Elway and say, I will not play for your franchise. The problem is, the problem is right now, the way it's looking, A, the money is astronomically higher now than it was when John Elway came out. Two, any franchise looking for a quarterback right now is not a good organization. There's not one singular good organization looking for a quarterback other than maybe the Falcons who may be ready to move on. I don't think that he, I don't, as much as I would love for him to stay in school and not play for the Jets, where his career will go down the toilet, I don't think that there's a good place for him out there. Brian, I think, oh, oh, I just wanted to touch on that one. I think this is a rare scenario where we, I mean, we've seen it with Andrew Luck, right? He was supposed to be the best prospect since Elway, and he was he was really lucky to go to the Colts, yep. um, even though they couldn't build an offensive line. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence is one of those guys, though, that it doesn't matter what team he goes to, he's going to change the franchise. Whether, whether or not everyone else changes and becomes better within that franchise, I think he's good enough to drag a franchise like the Jets. Um, kind of like what we saw Peyton Manning do with the Colts because we saw that besides uh, Bill Polian, who had a great run as a GM before and after him, it was kind of a mess of a franchise. Uh, but I, I'm terrified as a Dolphins fan because I think Trevor Lawrence is that good. So I'm really hoping the Giants or the Texans lose a lot of games. Well, what 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 happens with the Jets? They have Sam Darnold. What do they do with that? I think if Trevor Lawrence came out and said, I don't want to play for you, I think that the Jets could get a huge package. Because I don't think the quarterback play is the problem for the Jets. I think Sam Darnold is good enough to be a Ryan Tannehill-esque eight and eight quarterback. Yeah. But you give him weapons. You you if they can pull something off like the 49ers did and get a bunch of draft capital from, you know, somebody wanting Trevor Lawrence, I think the Jets with Sam Darna could potentially even trade that number one pick, even if Trevor Lawrence wanted to play for them. I hear what you're saying, but I guess you just compared him to Ryan Tannehill. So let me play this scenario then. Would you rather have Ryan Tannehill and a bunch of weapons? Or would you rather have Patrick Mahomes? With no weapons? I'd rather have Patrick Mahomes. I don't and I think Trevor Lawrence could end up competing with Patrick Mahomes after he gets his feet wet. I think he's that good of a prospect. I'd rather take a generational prospect than a guy who struggled with turnovers in college and continues to struggle with turnovers in the NFL and only looks like he's regressing. Trevor Lawrence is overrated. He plays in the ACC. All those numbers are fake. That's that's <laughs> coming from the guy that was defending Dwayne Haskins as of last week. Dwayne Haskins played in a great conference very, very well against a <laughs> plays defense. The ACC shouldn't be a power five team. I really college football needs to move to a power three. Hey, Florida State will be back. Give them four more years. <laughs> Dwayne Haskins winning 63 nothing against Rutgers. That's really, uh, really competitive. Yeah. That's going to close it for another week. Follow us on Instagram at Chop Shop Sports, on Twitter at Chop Shop Sports One. 
and check out the website for weekly updates on power rankings and other miscellaneous articles that we put out there. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be here again next week. All right. Brian, I won't hang up on you this time. I, I, I didn't mean fuck. I thought you, I thought you Riley were really said, cutting it out. Riley said fuck, 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 fuck like Paul, 20 no, times. No, I said. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. You're like, I was like, what, what do you mean? Like, I thought yeah. I thought it was getting cut out of this. Yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can cut that out. I mean, I, I'll, I'm sure all two people will be angry that Riley cussed on, on the air. Um, cool. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like went doing it Wednesday nights. We'll still release it on Friday. But, um, yeah, I got nothing else. We I need some, I need a post for tomorrow if anybody wanted to help me out with that. Um, but other than that, Brian, I will talk to you later this week. Um, yeah. Yeah.